So there's one thing that everyone's talking about. Husbands are going to see your natural hair color. Oh yeah, things are things are dire right now. Yeah, I've got at least I would say a couple inches of, of roots. I've got a lot of tons and tons of gray. And I actually have a box of, of Clairol in the bathroom, ergo the uh, the baseball hat. So, but for stuff that you can't do, you do that Botox. You know, I can. I you can, can do, do my own Botox. You do you have Botox? <laughs> That's a joke, honey. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Hey everyone, welcome to Gen X Stories, a podcast about how the so-called lost generation found itself. We are your hosts, Eve and Sasha. And today's episode is once again a little bit different. Uh, we, we've taped a number of episodes that we have put on the back burner uh, because of the current coronavirus crisis. And so today we decided to talk a little bit about what Gen X is doing to keep ourselves sane and productive. We had a happy hour and we talked to some of our compadres about this time. And it was, it was pretty interesting. It was a really great group of people. Gen Xers are uniquely positioned to kind of manage this um, this time of, of self-isolation. Or say they tell us. So they tell us. Or they tell us, right. <laughs> I mean, but I think we're pretty resilient, don't you think, Eve? I mean, that's kind of like one of the core components of what makes us us. I think so. And I think that, you know, having done now a couple special episodes and talking to a lot of people, peers about this, seeing how people deal with it. I mean, a lot of people, are, of course, are sort of crawling the walls, but how they're crawling the walls and how they're sort of solving this isolation has been really interesting. I, you know, again, we haven't, we haven't polled any doomers and we haven't brought in any millennials <laughs> and we're not gonna, <laughs> but it's, it's been kind of cool to sort of see the ways that people are doing it. And it made me start, like someone asked me a question the other day, what am I doing to sort of calm myself? And I, I didn't have a good answer. It, well, I don't know what that is. Like you asked me. You're very good at, we're both very good at working by ourselves in our homes. We were already doing that before this all happened. So we were like light years ahead of some people who we're very uncomfortable with that idea. But then yeah. also you identify it as an introvert. Yep. So, so I'm helps. happy being on my own. So <laughs> it's like, I've been, I've been living for this whole opportunity, but I had to sort of think about, you know, what, what kind of hobbies do I have or what do I do when I'm not working or, or something to just to sort of say chill, you know, cause it can't just be sitting in front of Netflix, right? It's gotta be because, you know, it's, we're into week three or week four, depending on how you look at this. I, you know, there's some places like California has been doing this over a month. You know? I have too. Jason and I have been locked down for a month. Yeah, I think I, and I've been locked down for a month, but I was locked down for maybe a week or two before Marilyn actually did it because again, introvert. Right. <laughs> I was okay with it. But you know, it's, you know, I have not left my building at all. I have gone downstairs and I've gotten packages. But other than that, it's kind of like, how do I amuse myself in my own space? And I had to really, you asked me that the other day and I had to think about it. I think there's, you know, reading, reading's always something that introverts and probably the Gen Xers do. Frankly, I have to say, for everybody who's hated on Facebook up until this point, and we still want to hate on Facebook, we know that. It's built for this. And oh, it's please. built for this for our age. You know, the oh, yeah. younger people are on the other channels and they're TikToking their way through whatever they're doing. But there's something about Facebook that just sort of gives me some life. I hate to see that, but it does. No, it's true. I mean, Facebook has really seen a resurgence because it's where everyone's congregating and that's yeah. what we know how to do. You know, no matter what age you are, 
you pretty much are comfortable in the Facebook environment at this point. I think I think that's true. And I think that people are sort of reaching out to ways that they hadn't talked like in our last happy hour, uh, people talked about connection. And I think that that platform is a great opportunity if you, there's no other way for you to connect. Oh, my family did a video Seder and I yeah. just rolled my eyes. I really, my parents were going to come in and they're in their iPad. I'm like, oh, this is- Did, this did is they me. join? Your parents joined, right? They did. And I just sort of sat on there for an hour and this is going to be an absolute shit show. And it wasn't with the exception of, is this on? Mute your thing. You're looking at the ceiling. <laughs> because your iPad's looking up a couple of those technical boo-boos. But for the most part, I was surprised that it worked. And not only was I surprised that it worked for us that night on Facebook, everybody had the grid. Yeah. <laughs> the good, the, the good old theater grid, the Passover right. Seder grid. Yeah. I mean, we didn't, we popped into one family Seder for about five minutes, popped during in. which time my little nephew spent the majority of the time with his like mouth up against the <laughs> camera. So... <laughs> 20 people on the call got to a really great view of a six-year-old, you know, but other, and then we were just like, oh, we're out of here. Let's go drink. <laughs> <That's-> <laughs> so you didn't need the four cups of wine. No, I, no. I think I was drinking vodka or sorry, uh, tequila. Yeah. I was like, tequila. Ooh, girl, was good. I'm really into tequila. I have to say. Me too. You didn't all, you weren't always into tequila, were you? No, because I got super sick on it um, when I was probably in my twenties, early twenties. And then Ooh, I did it again for like close to 20 years after that. But now yeah. I like it. A really good tequila with some lime. Hell yeah. I have to say my ex-husband introduced me to the concept of sipping tequila. So like really yeah, high quality, a little totally. smokiness. Right. But everybody, like I had a couple in college tequila moments that, you yeah. know, everyone sort of looks at it and starts to shiver a little bit, but I've well, got the bad tequila, right? Like the right. bad tequila. Well, that, well you know, tequila. That smells like tequila. <laughs> you never forget your first tequila hangover. But so that brings up an interesting other, another interesting point that a lot of things that people are doing in isolation involve drinking these days. Mm-hmm. That's true. Um, I have to admit, I made a wine order because I can't go to my- Right. Store. Where did you order your wine from? I looked around to see what would deliver to Maryland because Maryland is, you know, Christian and doesn't have, you know, there's certain rules. And wine.com, you know, not looking for a sponsorship, but hey, wine.com. Um, <laughs> Target <laughs> audience right here. Right. Was able to deliver. And, and you know me, you and I used to have this discussion long ago about liking different kinds of wines. And I remember being on a retreat with you, drinking Beringer White's Infidel and you gave me no end of shit for that. I, I wine shamed you. You should... <laughs> You know, I won't do that anymore, but I don't know that much better about wine. And to be honest, I am driven by what the label looks like. I mean, you're not the only one. It's <laughs> it's it's a fairly common thing. So what did you get? So tell, tell, because tell of the, the, the listeners, all these happy hours is now like, holy shit, I need to drink something or, eat, or do something during. And you don't want to be embarrassed by your choice. You want to be able to hold up a bottle proudly and be like, look at this awesome vintage I have. I don't know if I'd ever go that far, but I'll hold up a glass. Like we all did that at the Seder you know, held up the best. So I ordered a lot of the brands that I knew okay. sold out. <laughs> so, 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 so Yellowtail and Bigfoot? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> no. <laughs> I will tell you, Save Me San Francisco is one of my favorite. It's a Save Me San Francisco Pinot Noir. And okay. I think it's called uh, Dear Soul Sister or something like that. So it's the people who, it's the, the band who, Save Me San Francisco, who sings Soul Sister. I forget what the name of the band is, but they have a vintage. Hey, Soul Sister. Did right. That song? That song. Train. Train. That's it. Train has a, has a vineyard. Oh. And they have a whole set of wines. But you didn't know it was that cool. 
Wow. I mean, that's like, that's going deep. That's like, that's, that's like the flip side of, uh, but it's very, it's, it's inexpensive. That's the B side. That's the B side. Yeah. It's inexpensive. Um, it's a little sweet. I'm not good with like totally, totally dry things. So I have a really nice Pinot Noir, but it wasn't available. And then the rest of the wines that I drink, I'm, they either have to have a dog on the label Mm -hmm. or they're named after baked goods. Okay, so yeah, I know I do know you you like the layer cake, um, layer cake, and then cupcakes sometimes. But wow. layer cakes, Pinot Noir was out, so I ended up getting. I'd had this before. Um, it's called Rascal, and it has the really cute puppy on the cover on the front with a little halo. Aww. So even if it sucks, it's a cool label, and it was pretty good. So I got that one. I did get a layer cake, but they only had a Cabernet. So I'm like, oh, I'll give that a shot. Oh, 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 and I got a, actually got an expensive wine. You'd be pretty impressed by this. Okay. The Prisoner. Ever heard of that? Ooh, have I heard of it? Are you kidding me? It's like, you know, yes. yes. I've had many bottles of The Prisoner. And in fact, I'm glad you brought that up because I believe that is the same vineyard that makes the one-armed man. Well, it sounds about right. I mean, right? <laughs> or, or right something, I, I got to Google this, but okay, let me see. The one-armed man red blend... I want to see where this comes from. Yeah, I saw someone years ago posted the prisoner on Facebook, and I yeah. said, "I, I think it was it was probably me." <laughs> okay, so this so the one on man it comes from Dry Creek Valley. I don't know if Dry Creek Valley has other other vintages. Is that California or is that? It is. It yeah, is. yeah. No. Okay, but just as a as a heads up, Total Wine has it. You should try it. It's a little. It's pricey. It's not yeah. cheap. It's forty well, bucks. Yeah. So I mean, the prisoner was forty nine. Oh, was it? Yeah. What? The prisoner is damn good. That that was like a special treat. So good for you. Good for you. See, for- I'm learning. Good for you for, for going, you know, baller and getting that. Well, I went baller and then this is, everyone's going to shame me on this, but there's a dirty little secret that I have. Oh, I watch a lot of reality TV, but they're cooking shows. But the one reality TV I watch that is not a cooking show. I know where you're going. Oh God. And Don't Vanderp- tell me. I oh, watch God. Vanderpump. Oh God. oh God. Oh no. Okay. But we're talking about well, how do we handle isolation? It's okay. Oh. I'm not going to, I'm not, you know, you do you. And I, these are desperate times. If you have to watch Vanderpump rules. That's no, okay. they have, they have a wine. They have several wines, but the yes. Vanderpump, Lisa Vanderpump has a Vanderpump Rosé and they had it and I said, I'm going to try it. So I haven't tried it yet, but it's in my refrigerator. I really want to know what that's like. I mean, <laughs> I'm guessing it's probably pretty drinkable because, you know, she's not a complete idiot. I mean, she owns a bunch of restaurants yeah. and, and should have some idea what good wine is. Hello, Lisa Vanderpump. If you're out there, I do support what you're doing with Dog Rescue. Yes. Very much. Vanderpump puppies or whatever her, her Kudos rescue to you. Kudos Kudos to you on that. Yeah. Um, on that don't, don't shame me for my TV shows because it's, right. it's getting me through the pandemic. But yeah, mm-hmm. I am not a lot of drinking. So what are you drinking these um, days? So I'm trying also to not become an alcoholic. Um, <laughs> oh, shit. So yeah. let's see. This week looked like pretty pretty good. Um, I only had the tequila on, I guess it must have been Wednesday night. Wednesday. Wait, it, yeah, Wednesday yeah, night. Wednesday. Wait, what's today? Today's Friday. Okay. <laughs> last night was Gen X, the Gen X happy hour. The day before, I didn't drink last night. Um, mm-hmm. The day before, I had the tequila. And that was good. Tonight, I'm going to have wine with pizza. So that's that's a tradition. Yeah, you got to. You got, you got to. to. And do you do like a high-end wine with your pizza or do you do like a mid-range wine with your pizza? Kind of depends. So we also put in an order for, for wine from Total Wine. And See, they'll deliver to you. They won't deliver to Mary. They will. But we're going to do curbside pickup because I, <sighs> I don't know if they had availability, but they have not emailed with any sort of... Actually, I think Jason's supposed to get the email confirmation. So depending on whether we get that or not, or if we <laughs> have to go and have what we have at home, they'll be mid-range. I mean, I'm not that 
big of a wine snob. I don't, you know, I'm kind of very middle of the road. You mean even, so 20 years has mellowed you? <laughs> well, I wasn't, let's put it this way. I was not a wine snob. You were just... <laughs> I I don't want to be mean, but I mean you did. Be mean. It was twenty years ago. You did drink white Zinfandel, right? It was the bug juice of of wine. So so we talked a little bit about wine. We talked a little bit about Netflix and chill. What about our? Should we talk about more about our happy hour and and have to and listen to a couple clips from our um our fabulous attendees? We should. And so we we asked sort of two questions, and we asked people about what their hobbies were, if they were sort of uniquely Gen X, and if that's changed during this sort of lockdown. And then, Sasha, what did you ask them something sort of deep, deep, deep? I asked them how they were self-soothing. Because you didn't want to say self-care. I didn't want to say self-care, but self-soothing sounds kind of bad too. We want to thank Sonia, Liz, Lori, Mary, Derek, Sherry, Steph, and Jason for both being on our happy hour and letting us use their clips. So here we go. As, as Gen Xers, I think that we have this unique ability to unplug from the screen, from the shiny whatever is in front of us. And for me, gardening has been a meditative lifesaver for, I mean, for a while now, but particularly during this time, to be able to step outside in my yard and dig in the dirt, get my hands dirty. And yes, I'll wash my hands afterwards, but I don't worry about them getting that kind of dirty, you know, like, and to just connect with nature, to connect with, for me, it's my history, because my mom was a big gardener, my grandmother was a gardener, so that there's like a lot of historical significance and also this the fact that I can grow my own food is sort of this magic thing I can put like a little seed in the ground and food comes out that's awesome for me it's a hobby but it's also a, a connection and it's a way of stepping away from all the technology and all the all the connectedness because I feel overly connected right now I feel like with all these happy hours they're great and it's awesome and there's all these meetings and there's all this stuff going on and there's virtual yoga but sometimes I just want to step away and be outside and be away from everybody for <laughs> minute or two. So that's how I've been finding some sanity. So I don't know if this is a uniquely Gen X hobby, although I think it might be. I, I, I've done a ton of like, basically if it involves dressing in funny clothes, I've probably done it. Okay, let's start with medieval reenactment. Let's start, go to steampunk, cosplay, pretty much the whole nine yards is a form of escapism. So this whole idea of you don't have to like go anyplace special or do much to sort of conceptualize yourself as that whole escapism aspect of it is helpful. It's a helpful mental tool to allow you to to realize that that you can sort of unplug and you can sort of detach and you can sort of entertain that part of your part of your brain. It comes in waves, though. It's, I'm having to limit my social media time for sure. Lori, so you're fostering your puppy. Do you think you'll keep your puppy? Your foster? Oh, she's staying. <laughs> I don't even know. I, I I think I I think I just. I mean, she's technically a foster, and I say foster because there's a part of me that feels guilty for already getting another dog after it's only been 17 days. She's only about 10 pounds, but. I went to go look at her. She, the foster, the young girl, she's a college girl. She, uh, she disclosed that they were keeping her outdoors tied up during the day and they would bring her in at night. And then they wondered why she cried. And so um, when I left there, I text the woman from the organization. I said, you've got to get her out of there. And I knew what was coming next. And that was, are you willing to take her? And I said, of course. So they brought her to me the next day. And she's a very sweet little girl. And she's she's not going anywhere. <laughs> 
I think we're both helping each other right now, but it's nice to have another because I live alone. So it's nice to have another four legged creature. Yeah. So I'm, I'm keeping her Eve. She's mine. Her name is Pixie. Today's schedule that and I'm like, fuck, but I do it every day no matter what. It doesn't matter. I, I fill in the schedule in the morning and I put coffee, breakfast, lunch, coffee, and dinner. And then I put the other shit in there and then whatever happens, whatever. I wake up around four. Y'all are awake. You're just looking at Facebook. Admitting, admitting that there are hours in the day really helps me. And then the time I spend drawing my day on this little three by five card totally gives me peace and calm. I normally don't work from home. I only are off, like we are strictly an office company. We're corporate, you know, that's just the way it is. But, you know, the way things are going, you know, they allow us to work from home once or twice a week. And one of the things that I developed and I'm listening to everyone, all their, like their home tactics. And so I'm like up at like four, you know what? It sounds crazy. And my wife makes fun of me because I get out of bed and I take a shower, get dressed, I shave as if I'm going to work, you know, and I treat it like a work day. I get breakfast, I get my tea, I listen to the news and I'm in my office by 6 a.m. I work solidly. I go, okay, I'm going to work for two hours. And then for half an hour, I'm going to read. And then I go back to it for two hours. And then, okay, half an hour, I'm going to get a piece of pie and a coffee. You know, you, you, you break up everything. And the hardest part about doing that is doing that hard stuff. I keep buying nail polish colors, but I only paint my thumbs because it won't stay on my other fingers. But I've got like every weird color, like five below. If you want to get cheap, weird colors of nail polish, that's like the place to go. (laughs) But the the Ellsworth Kelly stamp, I wanted to do a project with it, but I can't break them up. (laughs) I might put it in a frame because it's just so gorgeous. Like I I bought the Sesame Street ones too. Every once in a while when they're uh, uniquely designed or, uh, you know, I have uh, one that celebrates the civil rights movement. I have one that's Martin Luther King. Not that I'm a stamp collector, but when they're done well. You're a stamp collector. hate to break it to you. You're a philatelist. Well, it, it's that it's that piece of yourself. It's that piece of it's it's a form of expression. It's a like it's it's talismanic. It's that sort of I know this is my space because my things are here. And I I, I do think that is a, a generational marker. I think that millennials and and Gen Zs are a little less wrapped up in that. I just love stuff. So younger people are not so attached to stuff. Like I really I need some junk around me. I need some stuff like things to pick up and things to like pose on my tables and, and stuff. It's everything is value, physical objects. Um, but my, my other hobby is, as you can see, is toy collecting. So I never really thought about it because I never really bought this for investment. This was kind of like my thing. I collected it for, for nostalgia um, and then also because of the design. I, I know it sounds hokey, but it's like you say, and you're right, my friends ask me how many different stormtroopers are there, it's, but they're all different. They're, they're all distinctly different. And that's what made them so cool. And that's why I kind of collect them all, just because there are little intricate details that they put into. Because these things are made to be posed. They're not meant to be stuck in plastic. 
I have a bunch of weird family stuff. I have this this fairy bunny is um a, something that was from like a, it's like a family heirloom that you used to like. My mom used to put like hide something in the bunny, and we all would have to guess at Easter like what's in the bunny? Is it jelly beans? Is it whatever? And so this year we're doing an Easter Zoom, and I have the freaking bunny, and I have to figure out what goes in the bunny. So it's like a lot of generational pressure to come up with something brilliant that's like topical, and everyone can guess what's in the bunny. And I have this I I got have this in my basement, so it's my responsibility. <laughs> to carry on this freaking tradition. <laughs> Whoa. I can't wait to see what what people are going to do on the next Zoom call. Like I said, I had something planned, but now it's gonna it's not going to be that exciting. Oh, really? Well, I, I think after hearing everybody and seeing we've done this three times now, the show and tell I think would be an interesting Yeah, one. let's do show and tell next time. I agree. Because, I mean, a lot of people just sort of unprompted sort of lifted up things that were on their desk. <laughs> And some of the shit was really cool. Like, you know, we're, we're, we're all, we all have Funko, but you know, who, who has Funko uh, prints other than me? (laughs) Yeah. I think that would be, that would be really fun to sort of see what, because I don't think about it as self-soothing, but I imagine if I had my space that was totally empty, I couldn't function. Yeah. You need your stuff. But I'm wondering if that, is that something that, that came out of us? Like, I know that there are some younger people who do it, but the notion of sort of surrounding yourself with things that mean something to help. Uh, my parents did it in a big way. And they, they had a store, right? Well, well, yeah, but you had been to their apartment. I mean, they had all True. kinds of incredible things all over the place, True. but I very much rebelled against that. And that's why I'm a huge minimalist which means I, I keep very few things. I don't need things. I don't think, I don't need things. Like when I moved out of my house, like I was in that house for 12 years and it had a basement. So you do the math. Got rid of an, an awful lot of stuff to come into an apartment, obviously. But my desk and my work area was always going to be stuff. Yeah, you always uh, had fun stuff in your office. And in yeah. fact, I can see behind you, you have a lot of, of things. I do. And not on the thing that you can't see, although you've seen it when you've been in my apartment, I have above my desk um, 80s album covers. And I think I go, you take a photo. I will. I and we'll will put it in the show notes so people can see your 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 album covers. Because I I go to I've gone to record stores, but I don't have a phonograph, and so I I found the art on the covers to be the best. And they finally I admitted to them that I buy them and I put the actual vinyl someplace else, <laughs> and then I just use the covers. And they're this look at me like why, why would you do that? What is she doing? What is she doing? But it's it's I mean I'm a designer, so so it makes me happy to sort of see how people represented stuff but also i've got this big picture of madonna's first album like who doesn't want that in front of them it's very inspiring although yeah. okay if you, you brought up madonna so i have to i have to Go say for it. have you seen her lately is she looking old oh dear god it's oh, not god. that she's looking old it's oh, that she's had an insane amount of plastic surgery <gasps> and she doesn't look like madonna anymore i don't that's not okay i i, I mean okay. i get people getting older uh, i get people having to wanting to do stuff but if you stop looking like who you are yeah i was pretty alarmed when I saw she's had like cheek implants and lip stuff and eye stuff and ooh, not good. Poor Madonna. Okay. That's, and I'm looking at that, you know, 1984 Madonna and she looks amazing. So yeah. I'm going to remember her that way. <laughs> Probably wise. Don't Google. Thanks everyone for joining us for this special episode. There are going to be lots of special episodes of Gen X Stories as we make our way through this very challenging time. We hope you will continue to join us. If you'd like, please subscribe to Gen X Stories on your favorite podcast app. Follow us on IG at Gen X Stories or join our Facebook group. You can also just send us an email at hello at genxstories.com. Everyone has a Gen X story. What's yours? 